Bala. He's my personal favorite. Um, he, he is just so good, and uh, I will have to sing with him once, have a CD together or something. Uh, on the yellow sheet, you can sign up for uh, the caravan program or Klabnes. And um, just one more thing that um, I, there's a brochure uh, from uh, Riverview Camp. Our uh, family camp is coming up. It will start in uh, Saturday, July 25th, and it will go to August 2nd. All the information in this uh, beautiful, colorful brochure. And um, yeah, check it out and go up and be part of that. It's always a, a blessed time. And, um, and, and just want to point out again and underline that uh, the, the day camp is, is going to be this week. So please pray for the kids and pray for their spiritual growth. It's really important. Thank you, Pastor Yanni. Let's worship the Lord now through the giving of our tithes and offerings. Ushers, would you come, please? And what we're going to do is we're going to welcome all of our NYC youth back on stage to help us sing the next song that Shyla made reference to. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you indeed for this time together. Thank you for these tithes and offerings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand, shall we? Let's stand. All right, this is the song that Shyla was talking about. It goes like this. I just learned it today because I had never heard it before. You guys ready? Yes. Matt, Matt, can you give them the vocal mics? Because they know this better than me. Dylan. And Dylan, Dylan, take a mic. Here we go. We sing hallelujah. Let your kingdom come in our hearts, in our homes. Let your will be done. As we go in your name, we shout and we proclaim, let your will be done in us. That's the whole song. Because we sing hallelujah, let your kingdom come in our hearts, in our homes. Let your will be done as we go in your name. We shout and we proclaim, let your will be done. We sing hallelujah, let your kingdom come in our hearts, in our homes. Let your will be done as we go in your name. We shout and we guys. Feel free to be seated. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And now tonight we're grateful to have Lucas and his dear wife Maria Prado with us. 
And Brother Lucas is going to bring the message. He and his wife have recently been coming on Friday nights to be with our youth group. And they and we have been seeking God's guidance as to whether he should become our next official youth minister here. And I've come to really appreciate his wonderful spirit and the wonderful spirit of his wife. And so uh, would you give a warm welcome to Lucas Maria. Let's have both of you come up so that folks can see you. All right. And I'm just going to ask someone here, please, if you can give me a hand to put the pulpit up just uh, so that he's got the pulpit here. Brother Lucas, come on up uh, with Maria. All right. Yes, so nice to see you once again, my sister and my brother. Amen. They are originally from Brazil. They're, they're from Brazil, and uh, they've been here in Canada about a year. Maybe some other time they'll give us some more background, some more history, and uh, we'll just let, let my brother get into the message now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you indeed for this very special couple. Thank you for Lucas, for Maria, for the call that you've placed upon their hearts, their love for youth, their love for Jesus. And now we consecrate this message into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, can I just have some backgrounds? Yeah, just just here, a little bit more here, it's okay. No, more like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's, no, it's going good. Now it's much better. Thank you, Matthew. How is everybody? First of all, it's, it's a pleasure to be here, Pastor Nick. Man, brother. Thank you so much for inviting me, uh, Pastor Lisa, Pastor Jeremy, Yanni, and all, all the staff from uh, church of the Rosewoods, Rosewood Church here in Canada. As Pastor just mentioned, I'm from Brazil, and my wife and I, we have moved here like one year ago, and it's been wonderful just to be here in Toronto. And also, like, it's really a pleasure for us just to be here with you guys tonight. And I have been, like, blessed so many just with the worship that we had and also with the testimony about all these youth that they went to this Nazarene Youth Conference and had this amazing experience with not a religion, with not simply some nice people over there, but they had an experience most of all with God. And God is always enough. God is always enough. Again, thank you so much for being here and uh, I'd like to share a little bit about what is in my heart and and that's interesting because all the songs that we have sang so far, we have sung, all, the, all the, the testimony that we had so far with the youth, they kind of relate also with the message that God has put in my heart in these last years. And I'd like to share this with you tonight. Is that okay for you? Right. First of all, just sorry about my strong accent. I don't know if you can understand like properly what I'm just saying, but I hope, I hope everything sounds good for you. And if it doesn't sound, I hope like the Holy Spirit's also going to translate you in a better way, right? Uh, but I, I'd, like, I'd like to invite you to open your Bible with me in the first letter to the Corinthians. It's the New Testament, 
the Apostle Paul, he wrote the, the first letter to the Corinthians in the chapter 13. And I'm, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about this chapter tonight. So the book, first letter to the, to the church in Corinth, the Corinthians. Have you found it? Yes. Yes? yes. Are you seeking for that? Go ahead. Just take your time. Because it is important for us just to be like the same page about these specific subjects. And the subject tonight is about love. We have talked about kingdom. We have talked about love. And tonight we're going to just go a little bit more deeper about this specific love that the Apostle Paul is just saying here in the first letter to the Corinthians chapter 13. And yet... I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Amen. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in parts and we prophesy in parts. But when completeness comes, what is in parts disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I become a man, when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in parts. Then I shall know fully as I am fully known. And now these three remain. Faith hope, and love. But the greatest of this is love. Amen. God, this is your words, God. This is your words, God. Your words lamp for our feet. It's light for our way, God. And in your words, it says that when two or more, they're united to seek you, God, so there you are. And you're already here. You're already talking to us. You're already spreading your love here with this community, with our lives, with our hearts. And we just ask you, God, please talk to us in a profound way this evening. Talk to us in a way that we can understand your love and we can just be empowered by your love. We can be impressed by your love in our, in our hearts, in our lives, God. This is what we just ask you, and we know that you're going to do much more than we have already thought or imagined, God. In your name we pray, amen. 
This chapter 13, I, I think most of you guys have already heard or listened some verses about this chapter. In many weddings that we go to, people, they use this specific chapter. And the bride and the groom, they, they, just can, they can just reflect about this chapter and see like, oh, this is beautiful. This love that they're talking here is something beautiful that we got to keep in our wedding. And this is something good. This is really, really, really good. Because when we just relate the wedding, the relationship between bride and groom, and what this love is talking about, and this love is talking about also about a love between a bride and a groom. The bride, the body of Christ, and the groom, our Lord, our Jesus Christ, our God, who created all the earth and has an intimacy, a relationship, a profound relationship with us. But actually, this chapter 13 is more than just a chapter that I, I got to read when I have my wedding day. And that's it. I'm going to just see these words here as like, okay, I got to have this love, but actually, I don't understand so much about this love. Actually, this chapter 13, it talks about the hearts of our gods, the passion of our gods. Yeah. And in some minutes tonight, I'd like just to reflect this with you. And so we can just reflect about this chapter 13. It is, it is important just to understand the context about this chapter. The book of this letter, the, the first letter to the Corinthians, it is a letter that's actually the Apostle Paul, he's just writing some stuff for the Christians in Corinth, just regarding like the situation that they were living there. And so we can just understand about this step, chapter 13. We got to go back and see what's going on in the whole letter, in the whole letter to the, Corinth, to, to the Corinthians. And actually, if we just go back to the context of the civilization over there in Corinth, we're going to realize that actually Corinth was a city that was growing so much. Corinth was known as a, a city of marketplace, a marketplace roads. In the north, they had the Gulf of Corinth. In the south, they have the Saronic Gulf. And that was like the roads that many traders, sailors, shipmen, they were just going to Corinth. And they were just having like their business going on in this specific city. Corinth was, was known as a, as a city that people from all different places of different, different areas, different regions, they were all coming in. And they were just trying to get to know each other. They were doing business over there. And as a poor town, there were lot, lots of sailors, lots of shipmen, lots of bars, lots of pubs, a lot of prostitution also going on in the city of Corinth. Corinth was a city that with different people going on, just getting into the city, they, they wanted to just to respect different beliefs different agendas, different perspectives. Each person with their like, religious, religious beliefs, they were just going to Corinth and everybody was welcomed. Corinth, in the year 146 before Christ, was destroyed by the, the Empire of Romans. And in 44 before Christ, it was refounded again by Julius Caesar, just as a place for all the veterans of the war they could just be in. So this city that was totally diverse, many people from different regions, they were all gathering together. 
and there were like different perspectives of lives. There were like different ways of living. They were saying like, okay, so this is the way, okay, if this is the way for you, okay, go ahead, do your way. But for me, this is the other way. In the city of Corinth, there were 12 temples, pagan temples. And in these pagan temples, people, they used to have like business over there. They were buying meats. They were buying different things. And in these specific environments that the Christians, they were living in. And the Christians, because of this diversity going on in the entire city, they were also like bringing this diversity to the church, to their community. The church of the Corinthians was a church that was totally harmed. They were facing a lot of problems, a lot of difficulties, a lot of struggles. When I just see like all the chapters before chapter 13 and also after chapter 13, we see Apostle Paul just talking to them, trying to bring them a message of understanding of God's will for their lives. They were having problems with incest. They were having problems with uh, sexual morality. They were having problems just uh, with uh, fights, disputes between brothers and sisters. They were having like many problems. They had a problem of under understanding the spiritual gifts, for example. They were just like, okay, so what is the, the, the best spiritual gifts? It is really like the spirits of speaking in tongues. It is the prophecy. It is what? And they had problems with that. They were also having problems of relating themselves with Jesus. Some of them, they were saying, no, no, but myself, I go with what Paul, Apostle Paul is just saying. The other one was just saying, no, no, myself, I go with Apollos, because Apollos is right. The other one, no, I go with Jesus. When actually it's not about Apostle, Apostle Paul or Apollos or whatever. It is about our God in himself. Amen. And they were just having all these problems there. And because of this diversity, people at church, the church of Corinth, was a church that they didn't have a quite understanding about what was the main issue, the main purpose that God wanted for them. And here in chapter 13, then, we see after, like Apostle Paul, he was just discussing about the spiritual gifts. He comes here in, the, in chapter 13, and this chapter, it seems to be something like totally different. He, he started just talking about a love. Okay, but yet I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, and love is patient, love is kind, love this and love that. This love that Apostle Paul is talking here, it is a very important message that with this message, if they understood what this love he was talking about, and if they just got this love inside of their hearts, everything was going to start to make a difference in their lives. Their understanding about the spiritual gifts was going to be changed. Their understanding about sexual morality was going to be changed. Their understanding about incest, their understanding about relationship with brothers and sisters, how to do business, how to relate to each other, how to relate in the city of Corinth was going to be changed because they understood what was this love. And this love is a love that we need to understand tonight. When I just see the city of Corinth, I can relate myself also with the city of Toronto. 
I don't know about you, but many of you have, have been born here or are, are here for many years. But the city of Toronto is considered one of the biggest cities with multi-diversity. You have the entire world here in Toronto. If you want to go tonight and you want to like find a place, okay, I, I want to find a Christian church, uh, you're, I'm going to find a Christian church. I'm going to find a Christian church that is a Nazarene. I'm going to find it. No, but I want to find a, 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 a Buddhism church. I want to find a Sikh church. I want to find this and that. You're going to find here. If you want to eat different foods, you're going to find all these different foods here in Toronto. You have everything going on here. And we have this relationship with people from different backgrounds, different ways of living, different perspectives, different beliefs. And how can you and me, how we can make a difference in their lives? It is here in this chapter 13, love. But what is this love? What is the Apostle Paul talking here? The Apostle Paul is not talking simply about the love that people back there in the early days, they understood about love. Actually, for love, there, there were like different forms of love. The Greek words for love, it had like different forms. And one of them is eros. How many, how many of you guys have heard about eros? Eros is the love that I, I'm, I have an attraction for. I'm attracted to. It's usually the relationship between a husband and a wife. You have like an attraction to a person. These arrows, they understood that. There were also another form called philia. And philia is the, is, the, is, the, is the kind of love that I have an affection for. I have an affection for something. I have an affection for someone. I can have, I can have an affection for my brother, my sister, my parents. That's philia. But then here in the chapter 13, they're not talking. Apostle Paul is not talking about Eros is not talking about philia, but it's talking about a new word for love, which is the word agape. What is agape? Agape is a new term. Agape is a new understanding about this love. And agape is the love for something quite unlovable. What is that? A love for something quite unlovable, yes. A love for something that's actually in our eyes, with our minds, it cannot be loved. But what is this love? It is God's love for the ones that he created, for his creation, that even because of sin, even because of sin that gets like a disconnection between the holy with the unholy, God simply loves them in a way that even with the unlovable, I want to have relationship with. I want to have intimacy with. And this is the love that the Apostle Paul is talking here. Amen. This is the love that he's just saying here. He's not saying about simply a love that I got to have with my wife. And I have been married with my wife for six years and a half. We're dating for four years before, so now it's been 10 years and a half together. But it's more than just this love, a love that I have with my wife. Actually, what Apostle Paul is saying here is about the love that God he has for each one of us. And when I understand that this is the love that he's talking about, and if I have this love, 
This is enough for me. This is going to make the difference in my life. Then everything changes. And in, a, in, a, in an easy way, in a very quick form, I'd like just to share with you guys three things that I learned with this text. When I understand that this is the love and love agape, and this is what I got to have in my life, because this love is patient, this love is kind. And as it says in the verse 13, from all these three, faith, love, and hope, the greatest of all is love. And I got to have this. If I understand this love, everything changes in my life. The first thing that I learned with this, the first thing that I learned with this chapter 13, that when I understand about this love, I got to know the essence of love. Repeat with me, essence of love. Go, go with me in the first, in the book of 1 John, chapter 14. When we just understand the essence of love, the first book, 1 John, chapter 4, chapter four sorry, verse 7, the Bible says, Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God's. Everyone who loves has been born of God's and knows God's. Whoever, whoever, does, not love, whoever does not love does not know God's, because God's is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son and an atoning, as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. The essence of love. Do you, do you know what is the essence of love? The essence of love, it is God's himself. God's is love. It's what I was just saying here in 1 John 4. God's is love. And because God is love, we got to love each other. Why? Because God's is love. God's is agape. The love that he's just saying here in the chapter 13 in 1 Corinthians is actually about God's because God's himself is love. And God's being love, he loves us so much and he wants to have a relationship with us. It is what says in Revelation 3.20, if I open the doors of my heart, he will come in. He will join me. He will have a relationship with me. He will have a supper with me. Why? Because he loves me. And because he loves me, he wants to have this relationship with me. Amen. Every single day, God wants to relate himself with us. He wants to talk to us. He wants to engage us in an intimacy with him. And we got to accept this love. But how do I accept this love? I cannot accept this love simply loving God. First of all, I got to accept God's love for me because he is love. And I got to open simply my heart so I can have this love inside of me. Once I know that the essence of love is God himself, I got to have him inside of me. And God's an amazing God. He wants to develop his relationship with us more and more. But I got to be open for that. 
And nowadays we have religions, we have people that they have different beliefs, they have different perspectives of lives, they have thoughts, they have ideas, but if they don't have love, if they don't have gods, if they don't open their hearts to know these amazing gods that want to have a relationship with us, there's nothing. Why? Because God is love. And I don't know how you came here this night, but I got to tell you something. Me and you, we were made in his image, in his likeness. In his image, in his likeness, it is an image of love. This likeness of love. We were impressed in ourselves, in ourselves his love. Because his love dwells inside of us. That's our nature. Okay, but I thought my nature was a nature of sin. Yes, because of what happened with Adam, we might have a nature of sin. We might have like an understanding about the problems that we face in, and perhaps just in an easy way, try to, to, to get like a glimpse of, okay, so I'm going to go like what is easier for me, or what I just think it is best for myself. And I sin. I make like bad choices. But more than that, more than nature of sin, you've got to realize something. You are a son and a daughter of God. And being a son and a daughter of God, you were created as his image, as his likeness. That's God's love for us. That's God's love for each one of us. That's the essence of love. It is God's himself. And I've got to have these gods. I've got to have these gods inside of me. The second thing.